This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Let's talk about those intersection speed cameras now. Remember when those cameras, at first they were just the red light cameras. So if they snapped a photo of you running a red light, then you could potentially get a ticket in the mail. The B.C. government recalibrated those cameras to add speed enforcement to those cameras, too. So now if you go through an intersection where these cameras are located and you're speeding, you get a ticket in the mail. Ooh, what a nasty little surprise that is when you're opening up your mail to get a speeding ticket. The government expanding the number of locations where these cameras are going to be deployed. Lots of other interesting things when it comes to road enforcement issues in B.C., such as municipalities around British Columbia considering lowering the speed limit inside municipal boundaries to 30 kilometers an hour. Also, distracted driving. Did you know the cops are developing new high-tech cameras to catch distracted drivers? Lots to talk about with my guest, Derek Lures. He is a researcher with uh, Sense BC. That was the group that was set up to fight photo radar. I'm very pleased to welcome him back to the show. Hey, Derek. Good afternoon, Mike. How are you today? I- I'm great. Thanks for coming on. Let's start with those intersection speed cameras. And I know you guys were definitely anti photo radar, but the government says, hang on, this is not photo radar. These are speed cameras that are in fixed position at an intersection with a warning sign as you approach the intersection. Do you accept that explanation, or do you think this is just photo radar under another name? Well, I know Mr. Farnworth is uh, probably uh, you know, just getting furious in his chair if he's listening right now, but it is, it is photo radar. You know, it uses radar technology developed yeah. by Red Flex Systems in the States to capture the speed of a vehicle going through an intersection and giving a de facto conviction to a car uh, not the driver with no penalty points assigned, and you get a ticket in the mail. It is photo radar, just not using vans. Yeah, but I guess that's the key difference, though, isn't it? Like, if people with long memories will remember those photo radar vans, which I personally thought was totally unfair, they could move those vans around. I remember in the old days, they used to park those vans at the bottom of a hill, so people would naturally kind of speed up going downhill, and they were just like, you know, it was like a fishing hole for the cops, just handing people out speeding tickets. Isn't this kind of different? Isn't this more fair if you put the cameras at an intersection, which is a you know dangerous area where a lot of accidents happen? Well, I don't, I don't think it's more fair because what has happened is the government has claimed, and Mr. Farmer said in his press releases, that we're going to put these at the most dangerous intersections where we know that speed is a problem. However, right. when I uh, inquired with the government to get information on what research they did or do they have the contributing factors at the ISC locations or the intersection safety camera locations where they're going to activate the photo radar, and did they look at contributing factors? The reply I have, and I quote, contributing factors were not considered in the selection process for the ISC locations. So this directly contradicts everything that Mr. Farmer said, and this also then means that this isn't about stopping speeders and speeders that were causing crashes at intersections. This is clearly about something different, and it's something that you know, we've been advocating for a long time, that it's more about the money that's being raised. Oh, you think it's a cash grab? Well, abso- absolutely, Mike. I mean, there's, you know, the government's own data says that there's 700 million trips a year going through these uh, locations where the cameras are currently at 140 locations. That's the red light cameras. And uh, across the years since they've been installed, 
the average um, the average crash sorry the average contributing factor for speed was accounted for 57 collisions at those locations across 700 million cars. Okay, you kind of lost me there. What what's your point? You're, you're saying well, no. it's not it's not as dangerous as the government's saying, or oh, absolutely not. I mean, 700 oh. million trips a year going through these locations, and as one of of up to four contributing factors, speed over the speed limit was found to be at 57 of those crashes. Okay, how many of these uh, speed cameras are deployed now around the province? Uh, I think they've got five currently running across the province that have turned on that are active. Just five. Um, I believe it's five. Five is the current information on their website. As uh, oh. as yeah, it's on their There's, website. But they're, for switch, five. they're switching more of them on though in 2020. Uh, and, and I bet they are. <laughs> yeah, that's what they have said that they are going to start transitioning to more of these cameras. Do you think that they are unfair? Uh, unfair, unfair. Yeah, of course they're unfair because they're targeting behaviors that aren't causing the crashes and they're not solving a problem. They're not, you don't have an officer on the street that's getting the person and, and actually nabbing the driver of the car who will have to face the consequences for their decision to break the rules. So, yes, it's unfair because you're just, all you're doing is generating revenue from drivers. And that's something that this province seems to be but, very good at doing. But isn't it a deterrent, though, if you, if you blow through a, an intersection speeding and then you get a ticket for a couple hundred bucks in the mail or whatever it is, isn't that a deterrent? to the next time you go, wow, I'll never do that again. I, I suppose it could be, but, I mean, we have people who, uh, for example, get caught with a cell phone in their hand and they get a $500 fine and three points and $1,000 more on their insurance and they get caught uh, sometimes the same day with the yeah. same offense. We see that regularly through the tweets of the uh, lower mainland uh, police departments. So if that is not going to stop somebody, why would just a fine in the mail are going to be driver um, changing driver behaviors. It's not going to because you can pay to play. Okay, and speaking of Derek Lures, he's a researcher with SenseBC. They're an anti-photo radar group. What about these speed limits that a lot of municipalities are considering, Derek, like the city of Victoria and other, and other municipalities in B.C. saying, let's drop the speed limit to 30 kilometers an hour inside city limits. What do you think of that idea? Uh, and again, another bad idea. Um, I think that's municipalities that are... Some of the, the larger urban municipalities are the ones that are driving this to start with, uh, where they're being heavily driven and uh, influenced by the Vision Zero crowd uh, and the cyclist lobby, lobbies. And the bonus part to them is that they get to get a heck of a lot of revenue from traffic fines. So if you set a, a speed limit at an unreasonably low limit, they already know, and traffic engineers know this, that the people, majority of people are not going to obey that limit which means the next thing they'll be asking for is stepped-up enforcement, automated speed enforcement, and start generating more revenues. And, for example, the city of Vancouver last year got $14 million in traffic fine revenues. If they can set that default speed limit down to 30 and get some more automated enforcement, because that's also something they've asked the province to do, you can imagine how their uh, revenues will be growing, and they'll just become more reliant on that money. What's the speed limit now? The default speed limit in municipalities is 50 kilometers an hour. 50, right, 50. That, what about if that's you... A, that's a default. Yeah, you can set... The local municipality can change that. Absolutely. What if you live on a street where there's a lot of people doing shortcuts or speeding down your street? I mean, I, I remember living on a street once where 
I mean, it was not good. There were lots of speeding cars going down a residential street. What they ended up doing was putting in some traffic calming measures there. They brought in a few kind of speed bumps and stuff like that, and that that seemed to work pretty well. Do you think that's a better tactic, like traffic speed calming or speed reduction measures like that instead of, like, lowering the speed limit? Hey, absolutely. Uh, Sense BC is all in favor of um, engineering our way into safer streets. So if the roads can be designed better to mitigate that problem, that's fine. But also understand that anyone that ad- that advocates for that has to be prepared for the other consequence, which will be slower traffic. And yeah. ultimately, our entire economy in the globe is based on transportation. So you're going to be making trade-offs on time, um, economy, costing uh issues if you put in too many traffic calming measures. So if you make that street, let's say, super narrow in one way and somebody has to go in a different direction to get to their house, you know, you're costing the economy. So there's a, there is a balance that has to be played in there for sure. What do you think of the uh, distracted driving regimen that's been brought in and how it's being enforced in BC? Uh, again, uh, I don't think it's distracted driving that the province is interested in. I think it's all about cell phones and, uh, you know, there's been lots of publicity in the last several months to the half a year on you know, police not even seeming to understand the legislation and some calls that changed the legislation. Uh, distracted driving via cell phone is not a leading cause of death, despite what the province says uh, in their media releases and ICBC keeps espouting. Um, it is, for, for cell phones and communication electronic devices, it results in about one and a half, if you can use a half person, deaths per year of the over 300 deaths that occur in BC every year, and out of the 300,000 collisions that happen every year, yeah. uh, communication electronic devices is found to be responsible for about 50 per year in injury crashes out of 300,000. But you you still got to make it illegal to text and drive, don't you? Uh, I, I'm not advocating for texting and driving, but I what <laughs> I'm saying is that the issue of cell phone use yeah. is not causing the mayhem on the roads that we're being led to believe, and it's turned into another giant cash cow for the government. What, what is causing the mayhem? There, well, I, I'll have to backtrack on my own. I would argue there is no mayhem on our streets. You know, they'll say that we have a problem. There's a, the, I mentioned the Vision Zero uh, advocates before, which actually believe in the province's mission statement is to have zero road fatalities in the province. What's that, wrong with that? Well, it will never be zero. We know it'll never be zero. Sweden, which is the leading uh, country in the world on road safety that's where Vision Zero started, had a 28% yeah. increase in fatalities from 2017 to 2018. So okay. you can't, you're never going to get to zero. And are we going to uh, rule ourselves by a police state to get to this mm. impossible number? What are we going to sacrifice? Okay. 30 kilometer an hour municipal speed limits with my guest, Derek Lures. Your calls to him. We got a lot of them. So let's go right to your calls, Eric in New West. Yeah, a couple of comments, Mike, and uh, come from a safety, highway safety background. And I, I got to tell you, in my own experience, one of the things that causes the so-called mayhem is stupid drivers who don't know the rules of the road and obstinately uphold the silly speed limits. I mean, you're talking about going to 30 kilometers an hour when you're going to get scofflaws all over the place. It's like he's saying there's going to be such a revenue boost for the government they're going to they're going to love that you can't legislate for stupid it happens any to anybody anytime you know okay when you say when you said you come gestion yeah when you say you came i'll just say mike 
Yeah. I'll just say it's the congestion, it's the slow traffic, it's the poor engineering, poor road design that causes people to do stupid things out of frustration, like okay. texting while driving. Okay, thank you for the call. Derek, I, I imagine you agree with him, but there's, there's people out there who are definitely driving dangerously. Uh, yeah, but Mike, that, there's been people driving dangerously since the event, mention of the automobile. That hasn't changed. We, we haven't had a spike in uh, collisions. We haven't had a spike in fatalities. We haven't had a spike in injuries. Those things haven't happened. But I will agree with your caller there, and something that Sense BC is strongly advocates for is better driver education, retesting, simulations. We had that recent uh, controversy with the snow tires in Vancouver there a couple weeks ago. And again, let's get the people trained so they understand how to drive in winter road conditions. We have technology today that allows us to do simulations. Let's get the people out there and get them trained so they understand the rules of the road. Mike and Langley. Another reason for a lot of the mayhem on the road is cops. I drive commercial vehicle, and the amount of time I'll come up on a, on a backup, and I'll be like, what the heck is going on? You get up here, here's some cops sitting on the side of the road, decide to block one lane of the highway or something. There should be no cops pulling over cars on the highway. The cop follows them to the next exit, pulls them off on the next exit, get them off the highway. The amount of times I see cops just sitting there, I don't know if they're eating a donut or what they're doing, but you'll sometimes they're just sitting there with their lights on, doing all nothing. All right, all right. We're going to go over the donut thing with the cops. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I've seen that very often. Cops blocking the highway? Really? Derek? Well, I, I don't uh, comment on the donuts. I think everyone's had their no, come on. police on donuts. But yeah. I, I will say that, you know, enforcement always seems to occur where it's the safest to do um, because that's where most people are going to speed. If you know, I, I'm not familiar with Vancouver as much, but I see often on Twitter these highway speed traps, and they're in the safest locations possible where people are actually going to go above an artificially low speed limit, which needs to be fixed in my view or our view. And that is where they're going to sit. And when they do sit there, things back up. People slam on the brakes. They panic. They have people pulled over. It changes traffic patterns. Um, I don't think that's where they should be sitting because the crashes aren't occurring on the highways in most cases. Dwight in Richmond. Hi. Mike and Derek, I want to make two quick points. And then, Derek, if you want my contact information off here, I'm happy to give it to you. Uh, The first one with the uh, red light cameras. When you're approaching the red light and you've got speed and distance and all of a sudden the light changes, you're, you have to question whether you're going to jam on the brakes and end in the intersection or whether to speed and go through. That's where the cash cow is, and it also puts lives in danger. Secondly, Derek, um, I don't know if you ever remember this uh, fellow from Port Coquitlam that defended a photo radar ticket unsuccessfully and spent $60,000. There was one photo radar ticket successfully defended in the city of Vancouver, and you're talking to him. Oh, okay. You got a photo radar ticket and you fought it and won? Yes. Okay. And, and they, say that, they say they are not defendable because you cannot cross-examine the two officers, one who's asleep in the back of the photo radar van, uh, okay, that, but that, but you're also going. Thank you for the call. But you're also going into ancient history because we don't have these photo radar vans anymore. If if you get one of these uh, speed camera tickets at an intersection, Derek, can you dispute that? Can you fight it? 
Uh, well, everything is uh, defendable in court. You have the right to do that. Although the government is working to move towards a tribunal system and take traffic matters out of courts, which would, of course, benefit them great, greatly and disadvantage the drivers of BC. Um, on your uh, the other comment about the yeah. rear end collisions at these cameras sites, that is also something that is well documented. That you'll typically see an increase in rear end collisions where these cameras are installed. But sometimes and often or often you'll see a reduction in right angle collisions, which is the goal. But I can tell you that according to BC stats, uh, in the okay. in about five years of data where the cameras are located yeah. at the 140 sites, crashes have stayed the same and fatalities have increased. Wow. Okay. Thank you for coming on. Okay. Thanks very much, Mike. Der- Derek Lures, Sense BC.